Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, so I, I, I decided it's, I decided it's time for another product review. Did one of these on a recent episode and I got something fun. Been using it for a few months, so I thought I would go ahead and talk a little bit about it. One of my partners uh, bought this foam wedge pillow system. For us to utilize and I gotta tell ya I mean when you think about a wedge pillow system it is very much like what you saw in the movie meet the Fockers the old folks that had the sorry the um, like the elderly couples that she was helping at the beginning of the movie that had uh, those um, you know foam wedges that they were practicing their different moves on um, in her workshop pretty much exactly like that and so when I went to Amazon to take a look at these and make sure I had kind of all the facts right about it, I realized they're marketed as like pregnancy pillows. It's something that you have two pieces. You have one that goes kind of up um, behind your shoulders and your head and then another piece that goes underneath your knees. Well, these are also perfectly sensible and usable in the bedroom as well. So my feedback about this particular product, this is the Lysenwood Foam Bed Wedge Pillow Set. Um, you can Google that because there's a couple of places on Amazon that sell it. Um, you know, of course, their Amazon ad talks about how they're washable. They got a lifetime guarantee. Um, you know, it's foam that's made from new material, it's ergonomic, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. The most fun part to me was sort of just playing with it. Obviously, since it's not marketed as something for sex, (laughs) it's not got like a step-by-step direction booklet or like a pamphlet of ideas for how to set it up for different positions. So that was part of the whole fun of it was figuring out, okay, if we move it this way, what does this do about this one? And yeah, finding all the right angles has been a lot of fun. Even though it's marked as washable, like only one of the covers comes off from the, the larger pillow. So if you get stuff on it, whether that's cum or spit or lube, especially on the smaller wedge, like you just, you're going to have to either wash it by hand I don't have a front load washer, so yeah, there's a couple spots I'm not sure what I'm going to do about, but oh well, I digress. Um, I have done where I've just put a sheet or a blanket over the, the pillows. Of course, that makes it a little bit tedious if you're wanting to adjust the pillows or change them up, move them around, but yeah, that's what I did. Some of the reasons you might use a wedge pillow system is for, um, say like, just 
it helps to hold your hips up, whether you're um, the man or the woman, you're wanting your hips in the air. Uh, doesn't matter which partner you are, sometimes you want uh, someone's hips up in the air, have it more supported rather than pile up pillows. Um, sometimes you want someone on their stomach, that makes it a lot easier for them to just be in sort of a doggy style position or on all fours, I should say. It helps them be in more of a, an all fours sort of position or on their elbows. It could be a lot of fun to utilize in domination and submission sessions. Putting people in a more comfortable position when they're going to probably be in that position, especially for um, extended play time. Just makes it a lot easier on people's knees, backs, elbows, shoulders. Um, a lot less like having to hold yourself up in certain positions. They can be good for people that have um, injuries or have had surgeries. Uh, I do know someone who had their hip replaced and utilized a wedge afterwards. And yeah, sometimes you just do what you got to do to help your body be able to do the things you want to do in the bedroom. If that means using pillows or getting a wedge pillow system like this Lysenwood foam wedge pillow system, I'm not getting any money for it and just mentioning it again because uh, you know if you want to google it and I'm sure there's competitors out there there's lots of different styles of this but you know this uh, this two pillow foam wedge system has been really handy in the bedroom I've enjoyed using it I look forward to using it with uh, partners in the future both for myself and for them and uh, yeah seeing how uh, I guess how flexible <laughs> I could be with different things or um, how contorted some of us can get in different positions. We'll see. We're going to have some fun with it. But yeah, if you have thought about, man, I like this position, but you know, it hurts my back or I'm just having a hard time maintaining it. Just don't have the core strength that I used to. Consider getting yourself a foam wedge pillow set. Welcome everyone to my 70th episode. Episode 69 was a lot of fun, but it's time to get back into the interviews. I took a brief summer hiatus. Not only, you know, I mean, COVID has the world as it is, but I just needed a little break. So I got out of town for a few days with my love, got to see part of the country that I've never gotten to see before, and it was definitely uh, the refreshment for my soul that I needed. So I hope you all are taking some time right now for yourselves and for self-care. I know travel can be really challenging right now. We just did a road trip and stayed pretty, uh, pretty contained. But, you know, doing our little quarantine time right now too. When we get once, I know travel can be kind of a challenge right now for people. That's why we chose chose a road trip. So, anyway. If you've got the chance to get out there and see a little bit of the world right now, while things are slower, do so. Especially if you feel like you need a little refresh and recharge. My episode this week does discuss things about race and dating head-on. My guest is someone that I met at a networking event, and at first I thought it was through one group, and I realized it was actually um, because of uh, an event that we were both participating in we were vendors at and 
Then we became friends on Facebook, and I've just seen some of her posts lately talking about dating, with everything that's going on, especially this year with Black Lives Matter and all the protests. A lot of conversations have come up about race. I also talk about how just my dating situation has led to some conversations talking about when do we carry privilege for our partners. Monique and I discussed how fetishization of certain kinds of women or certain races of people can be highly problematic in the dating world. And we also examined a really important question. Is it inherently racist to exclude a race from your dating profile or from your choice of who you will go out on a date with? I was so happy to have Monique Waters on my show. She's a businesswoman. She's just got so she's got a lot of personality and I love I was just so happy to have Monique Waters on my show. I think she's got such wonderful, beautiful energy. I think a lot of people who are massage therapists sort of um, have a commonality that, and I'm drawn to that sort of personality. But, you know, she's a young woman who's out there in the dating world, a young black woman who's beautiful and vivacious, and she's had some experiences, you know? So I'm just glad that she came on the show to share them. And... I hope that you will learn something from this discussion about race and dating and what it's like, especially right now when it's so at the forefront. Especially right now when it's so at the forefront of many conversations. Well, on Keep Them Coming... With Open the Doors Coaching today, I want to welcome to the show Monique Waters. Hello, nice to meet you guys. Thanks so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. So Monique is an entrepreneur. She owns her own business, Massage Amani and Spa. Yes. So she's she's the owner and a massage therapist herself. Mm -hmm. Um, I always love talking to massage therapists because you are a little more in tune with some of the um, (laughs) woo-woo stuff that I talk about, like energy, right? Energy and touch and all that stuff, so... Um, But the reason I'm having Monique on today is because I was actually talking with my partner, my significant other, about some topics around race and dating. And he actually asked me if I'd had a show that got into these topics. I was like, you know, lightly, but nothing real specific. And then like the next day, since we're friends on Facebook, (laughs) I was like scrolling through and saw something that you had posted that really got my wheels turned. And I thought, Oh, she'd be a great one to have on the show to talk about this topic. I so. like to speak my mind. so <laughs> And I love people like that because I also like to speak my mind. And that's what it takes, you know, like let's have some real conversations about this at this point. Right. Uh, you know, it's not that I've hesitated. I just haven't felt like really motivated or driven to talk about it thus far. Um, but I think now is obviously a very good time. Yeah. With everything <laughs> we've got going on in the world, it's time to talk about some of the things that – I feel like we've had to unlearn. Yeah. So, and in your experience as a black woman, you're from the Midwest, right? Yes. You're from here? Yes. See, yeah, mm-hmm. we probably had, I'm from, originally from Mexico, Missouri, so okay. mid-Missouri, but then up here, and I'm just, it's not that much different <laughs> in, in you know, Kansas City versus Mexico, Missouri, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
again, back to that Facebook post. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit of background? First off, tell me about the post that you posted. So I have a friend who owns an ethnic modeling agency. Mm -hmm. Um, We tend to do dinner down at his loft on Sundays. And he knows all these wonderful women from every background, and he'll bring us all together, and we'll meet, and we'll talk. So this particular time, um, there was only black women there. That was all that showed up this time. Um, So there was me, a lady that was probably about four or five years older than me, and then a young lady that was about 10 or 11 years younger than me. Um, We got to talking about dating, and it was really interesting because the younger girl told us that she preferred not to date black men. She Mm. preferred white men or people of other races, Asian, whatever. And we were just kind of like, oh, that's interesting because for me, I prefer black men, but it had a lot to do with negative experiences that I had with white men and Mm -hmm. dating. And then the lady that was a few years older than me, she was a no, I will never and ever want to um, date a white male. So Mm -hmm. we were just kind of talking about why her experience was so different compared to ours. And it seemed more like an age gap thing. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I had been on a, a post on like a love coaching group mm-hmm. and the question the day before uh, your post was, is it inherently racist to say that you won't date someone of a race? And mm-hmm. it did spark quite the debate. And yeah. and yes, I posted saying like, if you get down to certain things where it's <clears throat> based in hatred yes. or it's based in... I don't like these people because versus I've had these experiences. Right. I've had this sometimes trauma from mm-hmm. dating somebody, uh, you know, in, in this category, whether it's you're black and his white family doesn't accept you and is mm-hmm. like blatantly, obviously racist. Right. So and I, I kind of like went to the like, yeah, it's racist, but I kind of had to think about it of like, but for, ugh, I'm going to put it this way. I think that for a white person to say they won't date somebody that's a POC or black, mm-hmm. most of the time, that's straight up racism. Mm-hmm. But I see the flip side of when a black person says they won't date a white person, yeah. <laughs> it's because they have had such horrible experiences. Yeah. So is it because they're racist? No. Is yeah. they're just trying to protect themselves. It's very different. Um, I actually had that debate on my Facebook years ago. And it was when I first started internet dating. And one, is a black woman internet dating, there's typically not a lot of black guys. It's mm. usually white guys. But when you scroll through their profile and it says what ethnicity they're looking for or what race, they'll list everything but black girls, like nine times out of ten. And I was like... Okay, so you've either stereotyped us, like, this is just weird, and you literally list every other race. Um, So, you know, when people would reach out to me, and I'd read their profile, and there wasn't black girls on there, I'd say, oh, so I was, like, the one token that you chose, or you wanted to try, Mm -hmm. or you wanted to experiment, and you have no idea how many times they would say that to me. I've never been with black girl. Um, I'm curious to see what it's like. Dude, I'm a person. Right? (laughs) Your vagina is not any different. (laughs) I was like, this is this is a fetish. Um, So that's one thing that kind of turned me off. But I think, too, you know, I've I'm not against dating white men. I've dated white men in the past. Um, The first time the guy's dad was really racist. He'd use the N word with me in the house. I wasn't Mm -hmm. okay with it. Um, I dated another guy. His friends had a problem with it. Um, there was one time I turned a guy down who was a white guy, super attractive. I just wasn't interested. And he called me the N-word and a bitch just because, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so you were already racist. You just wanted a piece. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was just 
negative experiences that come with dating white men. So I'll hang out with them. I'll spend time. There's a lot of them. I think they're really cool. But when it comes down to being in a serious relationship, that's just additional problems and baggage that I told myself, dude, relationships are hard enough. I don't want that. I don't want the problems with your family. I don't want us to not be able to relate on certain things because there are things that are culturally different, Mm -hmm. you know, especially um, as a black woman, (laughs) you know, things, things like hair, like simple things are just a completely different world um, for some white people. So for me, I said, I prefer to just date a black man because I feel like it just takes a lot of the problems out of the situation. Mm -hmm. And you touched on a lot of stuff there that I think is so important. And I want to talk briefly about the whole fetishization Mm -hmm. thing. Fetishization, let me say it properly there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that was something that I had to sit back and analyze about myself Mm -hmm. in the last couple of years about like, oh shit, I've kind of done that in the Mm -hmm. past. I actually had not been with a black man until this year. And a couple of years ago, I was like seeking new experiences. And then I kind of realized like, ah, yeah, I, I don't want to actually have that conversation with a guy on a first date to be like, so I've never been out with a black guy. Yeah. I've never slept with a black guy. Because then it's the why. It's like, mm-hmm. is he really going to buy that? I'm like, well, so I was raised to think that you shouldn't do that. And it took me this long to kind of get past that programming. And then... I just didn't want to have that conversation. Yeah. So I ended up just, like, delaying it. And then it was lack of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but did finally go out with a guy last year who, you know, just met organically. And, yeah. and he even asked me on the date, have you ever been out with a black guy before? I was like, actually, no. And I think um, that's easy honesty. It's, it's different when someone approaches you and – in their spiel, they're almost like, okay, you know, I, I want to experiment. I want to try this out. I'm like, no, that that's, why is that okay? Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, right? Why did you think that was okay? You know, because there's a first for everything. So there's always going to be that first time you go out with someone. I think it's how you approach it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, again, even with sleeping with a black guy, this year it was actually, um, I was in a, uh, dating a guy openly. We were dating other people. Mm-hmm. And it was a threesome situation. He yeah. was like, I've got this friend. I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like, I don't care who, what, when, or where, as long right. as, like, we're sexually healthy and it's all consenting adults. Like, exactly. let's have some fun. And I think he was a little weirded out mm-hmm. by that I hadn't slept with a black guy before. Because he asked me. And I was like, no. And he was like, oh. <laughs> like, I he just, thought it, it would be a problem. It hasn't been because, like, the last few years it's not been because I'm like, no. It's just been I wasn't really using dating apps. Yeah. I would rather just meet someone organically. And there were definitely guys that I would hit on and be like, damn it, he's got a ring on Okay. Hmm. <laughs> and then other guys just, you know, that would hit on me that just, you know, weren't my style or whatever. But just like how it is with anybody and everybody. You got to yeah. find the ones that you're actually like feeling something there for. Yeah. And I didn't want to just go out with someone again to make them feel like, you know, you're going to fulfill this fantasy for me. Yeah. And thanks so much and see you later. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not fair. And I feel like, and I, I don't know why I say this, but I feel like with, um, black women that tends to be more of an issue very much so I feel like a lot of white women just like black men but when it comes to black women and white men I I mean all of my girls friends will say I've had this experience like it's a common story it's a consistent story and it happens over and over and over again so for some reason that seems to be a normal conversation amongst them 
to have with us and it makes no sense to us. <laughs> I've often wondered where that stems from and, mm-hmm. and plus there's all sorts of studies that talk about the sexualization of young women yeah. and that there is a distinct difference in ages of mm-hmm. when white girls versus black girls versus Asian girls are sexualized. Mm-hmm. Black girls are sexualized at a much much younger age. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's like seven, eight, nine-year-old girls. Yeah will be sexualized. I think that's systemic, though. I it mean, is that, systemic, that goes absolutely. back to slavery yes. and, yes. yes. But I think it's part of the, the taboo, too. Of there's way too many white boys out there who have been told by their parents, mm-hmm. like I was, you can date anybody, just not a black person. Yeah. And what I was told, I'm sorry I'm telling my parents here, they don't <laughs> really listen to the show, and there's people who know them that listen to it, but this is the goddamn truth. Yeah. I was told not to date black guys because their families would have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. And I had to, you know, get to adulthood and be like, oh, no, 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 See, it's your mother. Mm-hmm. It's my dad's mother that would have had a big problem with it. My mom's parents would not have given a shit. But, but you know what? I'll, I'll speak from the side of the black family. Um, my family, they're, okay, so I come from a family where super blended, gay, black, white, whatever. I have polygamous, my, the whole nine. So we're very open to anything just because we've grown up that way. And I was an army brat. So we've traveled, we've lived out of the country. Seen this and the that. world, yes. But I think for a lot of people, black families, yeah, they don't, they don't trip. Because, and, and I think it's for issues like you look at black guys that, um, you know, have gotten rape called on them, no matter mm-hmm. it was true or it wasn't. Or, you know, they'll get this harsh sentence for kissing a white girl or something. So they warn them They've about those things. Ancestors yeah. who were lynched for those things. Yeah. Yeah. And we are not that far removed from that. Exactly. We're not that far removed from Emmett Till. Exactly. So no, it's a common um it's it's a common conversation, I think, in black households. I think it's always been a common conversation that you know, um, I have my, my friends are very well blended. I go out with my white friends. So, if, you know, you guys go to the lake. You do stuff we don't do. They're always like, um, don't let them kill you out there. <laughs> like, don't be the only one out there. Right? Those hillbillies, you, man. Yeah, like, it's just, um, it's a warning, but it's a warning that they take heed to because my parents were around with segregation and civil rights and this and that. I'm like, dude, we are the first generation in my family that did not have to deal with that. So it's weird to me. Um, to see so many people activists you know as if it's so far removed I'm like it's not it was your parents and your grandparents that were like calling my parents the n-word and couldn't even drink out of the same drinking fountain mm-hmm. it's not far removed right <sighs> and I think that that perspective needs to be discussed more yeah about that there's so many people who like to think or say racism is dead and we've come so far but it is yeah. obviously this is new alive and well I <laughs> yeah. mean the veil, I think, has just been pulled back mm-hmm. um, because racists have been emboldened by yeah. somebody in charge. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same page there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to ask you about a term that, okay, I admittedly had to look up when I was watching Dear White People, and that was hotep. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but, so that's the flip side, too, right? right? About, like, a black man who stands in his power but in sort of a – uh, misogynistic way and condescending we are not fans of hoteps i am not a fan of hoteps i think they are more you know there's a difference in being pro-black and just loving um yourself and what you stand for as well as loving others but i guess in my mind hotep is more um 
you know, kind of just talk down on white people. Don't associate with them at all. Be woke enough to know that they are that much of a problem. I feel like some of them would possibly be cool with going back to segregation. You know what I mean? Which there are a lot of black people that feel that way. I've heard it before from people that I know. Um, but I don't feel like that's the answer. You right. know? Yeah. I think that they're... There's obviously a better way than the way we've been doing it. Yeah. Do we have the answers to all that stuff right now? No. Right. <laughs> we can get into talking about defunding mm-hmm. the police and all that good stuff later yeah. at another time. So, But, I mean, there's dating. definitely changes happening right yes. now. Um, that's pleasant to see. And I think also a lot of the races, you know, I, I'll say this as a person who, like, my white friends have been coming to me, talking to me since all this stuff has been going on. And, you know, there's all those times where I'd be around – And I'd say, oh, no, she's racist. And they'd be like, no, she's not. And now they're like, shit, she is. I'm like, I told you. (laughs) There's just things that we pick up on because we've experienced this for so many years. And now it's like this this awakening of, oh, they're living a completely different reality. Yeah, we always have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So are you currently dating or single or I am single, but I'm dating. Single and dating. Yeah. So that's fun. (laughs) So you said in the past that you have, you know, dated white guys, but how long has it been since you've really focused on not dating white men? Um, I dated a white man last year, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was the issue of when he wanted to get serious. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. No, (laughs) like I would always back down. So we carried this relationship and it was great for so long. But it was just, you know, when there was other things like kids he had had prior. I don't want to deal with any of that either. Um, But then just to throw in, you know what I mean? The fact that we were going to have this interracial relationship. I was just like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't want to do that. And he still doesn't know that. I never told him that. I just backed down. You know, he probably realized that on Facebook the other day. Maybe so. Maybe so. so. Yeah. Well, because right now is such an interesting time for people, especially if mm-hmm. they are in a relationship, especially if it's interracial. Like I'm, I'm dating a guy that presents Arab. He's half Lebanese, but mm-hmm. uh, his he said his mom kind of looks like me. That she's blonde hair and blue eyed, but he looks like his dad. Yeah. And you know he doesn't get that luxury of moving about in the world to say like, oh, well, I'm half white. Yeah. Because he doesn't look that way. So we have had to have some of those conversations mm-hmm. and. So I kind of want to just ask what some of your experiences have been like because, you know, COVID times, we're not really going out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did date last year, and we went out a few times, but Kansas City is a micro, you know, <laughs> micro community there. Mm-hmm. You know, going out into the larger world, he and I have had to have some of those conversations about where he'll carry that privilege as a six foot two man that's almost 200 pounds, and, you know, just he'll carry that for me for safety. Right. But then as white woman – where in the world will I carry privilege for him and protect him as a person of color? Mm-hmm. And I'd never, ever had that conversation before. Mm-hmm. So have you ever, I mean, race is a little bit more forefront because mm-hmm. I do carry that privilege where oftentimes I don't have to think about my race. So yeah. have you had to have those conversations with partners before? Um, With white guys, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Just because I don't... <laughs> As a white male, I mean, they're they're in society. They're at the top. They're at the top of the pyramid. Um, so I don't think they always understand the differences um, amongst us. So there was a guy I dated for, gosh, almost two years, and he was an older guy, um, super, super professional, like definitely did not look like a pair. And I ended up meeting him on Match.com. And 
I remember when we first started to go out places, like he would get upset because people would stare because I'm the girl, like I have all the tattoos, I'm the black girl. And he's like the guy in the suit who makes $200,000 a year. And it was just to them, it didn't make sense. And I think that was really his first brush with racism in that manner. Um, And when we eventually ended up, I'm sorry, not talking anymore, it was because there was some um, big event or something, and at first he wanted me to go, and then he backed out and he changed his mind, and I realized that it was because I was a black girl, and that was when we had to have a conversation, and I'm like, you know, you go that far um, with someone in a relationship just to have them back up and get scared because you're a race. I'm like, it doesn't even always come out in the beginning. So that was another fear of mine is do I want to waste a year or two with somebody and then be like, oh, shit, he's racist. And he doesn't even know he is because they don't realize what they're doing all the time. It's just like, oh, I did that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it doesn't sound disgusting until somebody repeats back to them what they did. So, yeah, it's been an issue before. Yeah. (laughs) It's very true that there are so many things, that especially for white men, <clears throat> especially for white men, that they they say or they do and they don't understand mm-hmm. <laughs> what they're saying and doing. Um, one of my friends just posted a little box that had like nine things that you, you're saying that are inadvertently racist or um, overtly racist too, yeah. but you just don't realize that things like you sound white. Mm-hmm. You don't sound black. You're well spoken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. What did you What did you expect? <laughs> I'm college educated, just like you, <laughs> right? So yeah, yeah. I didn't come from a uh, an island yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And that's another thing. So I think you know because black people come in so many different shades. Um, I'm always told, like I look a mess today, but like when I you know get myself together. Mm-hmm. You look exotic. Um, you're not all black. Are you Indian? Are you this? No, I'm, I'm full grown. I'm, my mom is black. My dad is black. Why can't I be something that you view as beautiful without having to be something, you know, something else? Yeah, because it's not like anyone goes up to a white person's like, oh my gosh, you've got such unique features. What are you, Scandinavian? Never. Are you Italian? <laughs> yeah. Are you Polish? Never. What is it? You've got to be, you cannot just be like, yeah. No, nobody does that. Never <laughs> happens. And, I'll admit for myself that there are definitely things that I look back at now and realize, like, oh, shit, I never should have said that. I shouldn't yeah. have done that. And it really just is the, like, when you know better, do yeah. better, be better, say better. And Agreed. just keep keep learning. But then that's also something that uh, Matthew, my boyfriend, and I were talking about that stuff like this comes up. I think it was even a, a Washington Post or New York Times thing that he sent me is that um, racism is an issue, but all white people are doing is joining book clubs. I saw that today on Facebook. Yeah. Um, that was my first time. So I'm trying to think who posted it. I think her name's Amanda. She's she's really for the cause. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate people learning. I feel like education is always a good thing. At the end of the day, what are you going to do with the education and the information that you just received? Mm-hmm. And that's and the thing that I find that there's because there's multiple ways that you can educate yourself, right? But mm-hmm. One part of the conversation is don't just read a book, but mm-hmm. do read books. One part of it is don't just expect your black, brown, and POC friends to explain things to you, but yeah. do have conversations with them. I suppose all of it, or, you know, read things, whatever. Find stuff online, go to classes, do stuff. But, you know, it's about how, how do people find the ways to educate themselves without it being, you know, in a vacuum? How do you mm-hmm. make sure that – people really are 
I guess what I'm what am I trying to say here? How do pe- how do white people really learn about? I know I'm asking you to teach me this here, mm-hmm. but how do white people really learn about race and have these conversations without approaching someone? that's a person of color is kind of my thing like i don't think that that is realistic to just try to learn from books i think you do approach people of color but i think it's in how you approach them so Mm -hmm. do not approach me by telling me that what i feel is wrong or not listening you need to come to the conversation with an open mind Mm -hmm. so um i had a conversation with somebody about two weeks ago because they were asking me about white privilege Mm -hmm. and she said well I have all these struggles and I grew up in the hood and this and that and I said but that's not the definition the definition just means that it wasn't because of the color of your skin and even when I said that to her she said but I don't like that that definition I don't like the way I said dude that's not what it's about like how and I made a post about that how entitled are you to Take the entire definition of a word and say, you know what? No, just because I don't like that, we're not going to go with that. I said, you're showing your privilege right now. I remember that post. So you were never open to listening to what I had to say. You just wanted to tell me no. So that's like, you know, me telling you that you hurt me and you going, no, I didn't. You never came to the conversation to listen. And that's where people go wrong. And that's where I say, stop trying to explain to racists. Those people are racist. They don't want to hear anything different. Yeah, we've got to go for the people in the middle, Yeah, right? We've got to go for the people who are like, okay, I was raised this way, and I don't really think these things, and what do I do here? Mm-hmm. Like, those are the people that I'm kind of trying to get to right now. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the people who were adamantly all lives matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't you know, get me started on those people. How many oh times God. you say, we're not saying that, that you know, those don't matter, too, it does, and that's another thing. Right. No matter what you're saying, they're telling you, no, this is not the conversation. Just like when Colin Kaepernick Neal and he said, this is not against the flag. This is because of you know police brutality and justice. How many people said, no, it's not. It's because of the flag. Right. Dude, did you hear anything I said to you? No, that's but- annoying as a black person. That's that's the most annoying thing as a black person when it comes to communicating or attempting to educate white people. And that's where they get frustrated. and They don't want to talk anymore. Yeah, absolutely. It's they all like <laughs> I shouldn't say all. A lot of people like the sound of their own voice. Yeah. And and there is something about cognitive dissonance that they just do not want to experience. Agreed. Actually studies have shown that when cognitive dissonance happens, you're you're changing your thoughts. So that is actually a rewiring of your brain. Yeah. When your brain rewires, it actually physically hurts. Mm-hmm. And since we are trained to avoid pain and our bodies subconsciously know that changing your mind physically hurts you. Right. And that you probably are going to have some guilt mm-hmm. about like, oh, I was wrong and I made these poor decisions and made exactly. these, said these things that were wrong. And now either I've got to atone or I've got to say sorry or... I just feel like a shithead yeah. <laughs> because I sit this and do these things. So people don't want to be confronted with new information. They don't want to change their minds because of the domino effect of that. Agreed. And I think a lot of people um, also think that black people want them to apologize. You know, I don't know how many times I've seen, I'm not going to say sorry for it. Who asked you to? Nobody said you own slaves. Nobody asked you to say sorry. We're asking you to acknowledge a system that's been around since that time that didn't really change much. It was written for your benefit and not mine. So can we tear this down and make something new that's now beneficial for all of us if you want things to be better 
and change because right now, yeah, are things better than they were? Of course. You always progress, but I'm still not the same as you. We still equally are not the same people. Right. Right. And I think that hopefully this is a time where people will start waking up, Mm -hmm. educating themselves, asking these hard questions of themselves. And um, you know, anything that you're doing to, to learn and educate yourself about just life and society is going to spill over into your interpersonal relationships. Right. Well, what are some, what are some other things that have kind of come up lately about race and dating? Um, especially that night with the, I'm guessing, was that at Nick Segura's? Yeah. 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 yeah I know. Yeah, Nick. I love him. <laughs> I mean, okay, so the young lady, she basically said that she had had a lot more positive experiences um, with white men or Asian men. And I feel like it's not just her because I look at my younger cousins. I just feel like society has changed. It's more open oh, yeah. um, to these things. So I think they walk into situations not even thinking about color. They're just like, oh, I like you. You're cute. You're nice. Let's date. Whereas, like I said, oh, I'm the first generation out of my family that didn't have to deal with civil rights and segregation and this and that. So I'm being taught, no, you need to be concerned about them. I know they may smile in your face, but you don't know what they're saying behind your back so it was just a really different upbringing and that 10 to whatever 12 year difference between she and I that that's what happened so for me it was all these negative and racist experiences whereas she's having a completely different experience um so not to say that I haven't had my issues with black men because of course you know there there's always issues in relationships right, right I just think there are certain problems that hurt me to the core that would be avoided with a black man because he's never going to make me a fetish or try me out um, or I'm never going to have to go to his family's house and feel uncomfortable or know that his dad's in the next room talking about the nigger girl. Like these are just things that aren't going to happen. So it just knocked out a problem for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'm at a point where I'm in an open relationship and I don't know who's going to end up being, you know, part of that equation. Um, And I do, I've had to have that conversation with Matthew about what would that be like if I was dating a black man Mm -hmm. and took him home. Mm -hmm. And (sighs) there's a part of me that's like, you know (laughs) what, maybe I just got to wait for some of my family members to either fade off into the distance or be six feet under Mm -hmm. because there's no changing their mindset yeah there's no fixing it but I'm also never going to put my partner in a position where he has to be that person that's in the other room listening to a family member say shit about them yeah and it is sad that we've got I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I have to sort of remove myself to just live my life freely the way that I want to rather than try to balance both worlds or change someone's mind and I bet there's a lot of people out there that are feeling like that right now yeah and I think that's what you have to be strong enough to do I mean because you can come from those types of families and you can still date outside your race or I mean not even just that lesbian gay be swinger whatever it is you want to be polyamorous whatever it is you want to do um but you have to be bold enough to walk away from your family (laughs) you know what I mean you have to be bold enough to protect your partner or don't put them in that situation so yeah i am a bisexual polyamorous hetero romantic woman but i don't know what life's gonna throw at me right and yeah there is sort of that fear of like "Mm, i don't know what's gonna happen here and we'll just have to play it out and see but i'm 
I guess my heart goes out to people who have already been sort of living this mm-hmm. lifestyle, you know, already thinking about, you know, I've got to like shelve some people right. or just not talk to somebody or pretend like they don't exist so that I can, you know, live my happiness. But then there's other people who didn't ever allow themselves to get out of that mindset and are still so bogged down by it. And um, they love their families. They and, do. You know. And hey, that's, it's a weird place to be. Yeah. You know, where you love. I love my dad, but I'm fucking angry at him Yeah, almost every day because he's a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. And he basically hates everything that I stand for. <laughs> yes. You know, I think he would like to go back to segregation, but not for the reasons your friends are. Yeah. Your, your friends are thinking of their safety. Yeah. Your friends are thinking about building a community where they don't have to worry about a noose getting hung from their tree Very or seeing a so. Confederate flag or being yelled at out a truck window or something like that. So that's a whole different issue yeah. <laughs> than wanting to go back to a um, one race is superior and yeah. the other one is inferior and serves us and things like that. And, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand when um, they talk about race. The reason that there even is, you know, there, there's social programs um, for black people. There were certain laws or, you know, rights that had to be put into place. Um, you know, you have Black History Month. That's because the rest, rest of, of it is exact the rest of it is white so it is not us attempting to be racist it's trying to find a space in everything else that is you yeah you know what i mean you have to do that yeah it's about equity yeah and you know you brought up something earlier that made me think of something i saw and it, this is regardless of whether it's female females or black brown indigenous people mm-hmm. be glad all we want is equality and not retribution exactly yeah, I yes. please I say that all the time. <laughs> yep, I say it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when people stop to think about that, like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 we're being pretty, um, we're being pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's when I look at things like you know, people were upset about the protests or you know, rioting and this and that, and I'm like, well, well, they tried it the other way when they tried to kneel and do it peacefully. You got upset and told them they did it wrong and it was something different. So when you keep ignoring people and keep ignoring people, this is what happens, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. I got into it with one guy on there talking about MLK. Mm -hmm. I'm so tired. I was born on Martin Luther King's birthday. Mm -hmm. We were both January 15th babies. So I've always been very interested in him and his work. Mm Mm-hmm. But all these people who are skewing it to say, oh, he did it peacefully. It's like, first off, (laughs) he may have organized some peaceful things. And, yes, he may not have taken the approach that Malcolm X did. Yeah. However, he saw that there was a time and a place for escalating the situation. And y'all killed him for being peaceful. And it was six days of riots after that that then produced the Civil Rights Act. Mm -hmm. So let's not forget what had to happen in order for actual progress to happen. A man lost it. Several men lost their lives. Agreed. Fighting the fight. But people so. pick and choose what oh, they yeah. want. So, yeah, yeah that, that was a whole other post I made because some girl kept posting this picture of him saying he, he did it peacefully. He never rioted. He never this. He never that. And my response was, and you killed him anyway. <laughs> so that's what that's what I said. That's what all your black friends are thinking when you're posting this. None of us are on the same page with you. You are not making the point that you think you're making with this. So you're basically telling me, well, I can't be docile. I can't I can't be this because if I do, you're going to hurt me anyway. Yeah. So I might as well fight. That's mm-hmm. that's the only message you're throwing out to me. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. at that point, you're just thinking that the best you know, defense is a good offense. Yeah. Because the other way hasn't worked. Yeah. Sorry, well, a lot sure. of that comes from education as well. And, okay, so recently you see all the, the um, Juneteenth and Black mm-hmm. Wall Street and how many people were not aware of these things. And, you know, a lot of your black friends are like, dude, what? Like, <laughs> How did you not know we about these things? That, but we were taught that at home. We weren't taught that at school. You know what I mean? So it goes to people saying that history has been whitewashed. It yeah. has. That's why you have statues of Confederate soldiers and this and that. Dude, you've told them that people are good who were not good people. You well, memorialize them. Well, and that was done in the, the 30s, 40s, and 50s mm-hmm. by the Daughters of the Confederacy or yeah. whatever to, to, to be something that was in black people's faces to say, yeah. we're still here. We mm-hmm. still don't like you. We're just finding other ways to oppress you because we can't own you. Yep. And you're still doing it. Uh-huh. I don't know. Like I said, that's like a Holocaust survivor having to walk past a statue of Hitler every day. Would you think that was okay? Absolutely not. Everybody would say no. Right. So why do you think it's okay for people that look like me? I know. I'm I'm pleased with the reckoning that is happening. I wish Mm -hmm. it had happened sooner, and I feel like it needs to happen faster. Yeah. But in the meantime, what... What do you think that white people can do to analyze their their implicit bias that they're carrying when it comes mm-hmm. to dating and relationships? You know, how how do we kind of step back and get that 36,000 foot view and go like, oh, shit, this isn't really what I think. This is how I've been programmed. I think you have to submerge yourself in black culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The same way we've been forced to submerge ourselves in white culture because we're everywhere. So especially... Mm-hmm. Someone like me, oh, I went to KU, I've worked in corporate, I'm used to being the only black girl in the room. My first networking group, there were only two of us, one that was about 10 shades darker than me and then myself, and they would mix us up, (laughs) you know? Oh my God. So um, I think the same way that we've been forced to kind of figure out how to live in your world attempt to take two steps back and live in ours and realize that, you know, whatever stereotypes you're holding or someone told you or taught you is not necessarily true. So you should never walk up to me and say, oh, you're well-spoken. No, I'm just a college grad just like you who who grew up and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, my parents were well-educated and worked for the government and this and that. Like, uh-huh. we're not what you think we are. And you have to be open to changing that view. Yeah. And you do that by meeting and talking to and hanging out with the very people that you think are something that you actually know nothing about. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. I lived in Columbia for 11 years and then moved back to Kansas City in like 2010. Mm -hmm. And I was living north of the river. And let me tell you, it's rather homogenous Mm -hmm. up there. Um, But then when I moved back into like KCMO proper and started working in the restaurant industry, that's when I really was able to be around people that didn't look like me. Yep. And there was this part of me that was a little bit afraid just because of my programming, but a little bit like, this is exactly how life is supposed to be. Yeah. And now I feel like I've had these experiences and had conversations and done things that when I tell some of my family members or former friends, because some of these people I'm not friends with, they are just shocked. Yep. They were shocked. Like I worked in Westport at um, – Californos, mm-hmm. where we had our, that shooting a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was a day party. I worked that day. I was there for that incident. And the owner of that ice cream shop came over two days later and said, what did you expect? 
Mm-hmm. You were having a day party for those people. Yeah. Of course you're going to have guns. Of course you're going to have violence. You didn't do your job and protect people and protect this neighborhood. <laughs> and I was like, you motherfucker, yeah. go back to New Jersey first off because that's where you're from. Mm-hmm. I made the most money that day that I'd ever made bartending. <laughs> Thank you. And it was a great day. It was a great party. It was beautiful. I never thought twice mm-hmm. about the fact that I was a white bartender with a bar full of black patrons. Right. And for that guy to come over and say those things, every single person in the restaurant to shut that guy down. But yeah. that was sort of a catalyst for me, understanding how the language that people use about incidents like that. Yep. Those people, thugs. That kind of stuff. Yeah. The ingrained racism. And that's how that we I saw know. after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why all the times that we're like, oh, no, he's racist. And your friends are like, no, they're not. I'm like, yeah, you didn't hear what I heard. You heard a completely different sentence than I heard. So, mm-hmm. and those things are coming to light now. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. So when you're in a dating situation, how do you kind of, I guess, like you say, it can come up early, but can come up later. So mm-hmm. how do you sort of navigate looking for some of those things, the, the red flags? I mean, we're all looking mm-hmm. for red flags those first few dates, mm-hmm. right? So what are some of the things that you've experienced that you're like, okay, this is one that I, you know, other people may not think about? I think it's um, in how you respond to when these things happen. So just like the guy not wanting to take me to the event. Um, you know, he could have, we, we could have had a conversation. I could have explained to him why this was wrong and this and that. He just kept it at, we're not going. I'm like, okay, so you're not willing to even look or think about what you did. So for me, this is over. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've had men come to me and say, you know, um, I, I've never been with a black girl. Okay, it's one thing to just say I've never been with a black girl and then you move on. It's another thing to let me know that you want to experiment or try this. Those are people for me to avoid. Because like I said, it's a fetish. It's something different. Um I think when people get angry, especially racist people, they tend to always throw out the N-word. So, like, the guy I turned down, he immediately, like, I feel like they're just, um, you immediately know who is truly racist and who is just ignorant and has no idea that they just said something wrong. And I'm a person, I'm more than willing, I communicate well. I'm a Mm -hmm. communicator. I'm more than willing to have a conversation with you and be like, okay, rewind. Let's think about this. Um, And I can move past something like that with people, you know, but... People, they're scared to have those uncomfortable conversations, especially about race and especially when it's a black person and a white person, because like you said before, they they think there's going to be this level of guilt, whereas in reality, I'm not blaming you for anything. I know you never enslaved me or my mother or anything. Like, right. I'm not blaming you for anything. Um, I just need you to acknowledge that if you're going to spend time with me, we're going to have different experiences out in public together. And my world is going to be colored a little different than yours. Acknowledge the fact that I am not the same color as you and stop telling me you don't see color. Oh, I hate that phrase. Yeah. Because <laughs> it completely, it's whitewashing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's to be ignorant of other people's experience. Mm-hmm. It's to be ignorant to say, like, of course you move through the world like I do. No, no. <laughs> Especially if you're a white man, you move through this world completely different than everybody else. We are all unique individuals. But, yeah. So I think if we can acknowledge that there's still a a 
big difference between how men and women are treated, whether it's taking your car in to get work done Mm -hmm. or or buying a car. Um, Getting treated in the service industry, we do often get treated differently. Um, If you can acknowledge there's a difference between genders, you can acknowledge there's still a difference between races and how they're treated in public spaces. Me and my um, (laughs) – a group of my friends – there was one white guy that went with us. I think there's about seven of us. And they're all black, and they wanted to go camping. So we had driven down to Arkansas. This probably three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, had no idea we were in this little town that apparently was where, like, the KKK started or oh, something. <laughs> so we were off at a place to get some canoes. And the guy who worked there, he literally pulled us to the side. And he said, I need to explain to you where you are. You do not go that way. They do not deal with black people. The clan is out there and we were like he's serious um and then when we started riding down the street and got farther into town there were like billboards that said white power and this and that and I was like yo I've never seen anything like this in person that blatant for like a whole town oh my god so we were kind of uneasy but you know because we're about to go in the woods yeah right (laughs) i was like they will lynch us and bury us Uh. but we went anyways because um you know we wanted to do something different and show that we could have fun and do the same things that they could do and we had a great time we probably had one of the most memorable trips that we will ever have together but it was just it was just a weird experience and then our one right friend that was there with us like he's like what yeah, so I don't know. These things are out there, and for a lot of people, it's it's blatant, and it's in your face. And for them, it was, you know? Yeah. I should never, in 2020, go to a town or a city and have to be warned by white people about where I can and can't go because of the color of my skin. Agreed. But I am, you know? Agreed. Well, before we wrap up, was mm-hmm. there anything else that you wanted to cover? So no. we talked about a lot of different things there about yeah. fetishization and kind of got in and out of the dating. <laughs> That's okay. But all of it's important stuff to talk about right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I mean, no, I just, I hope that, um, you know, experiences get better because like I said, I'm not, again, my soulmate might be some white guy out there. Like I'm not against it. I thoroughly enjoy good people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just hope as a white man, and I can only speak to that because I'm a black woman, um, if you do decide or want to date a black woman first, don't start with, I want an experiment with you. <laughs> right. Um, two, be understanding of past experiences she may have had with other white men and don't downplay them and don't ignore them because I guarantee it's determining how she's going to interact and move forward with you. So be open to have that type of conversation with her. And she may have had no experiences. The young girls seem like she didn't. But for people my age, damn sure, yeah, we've, we've probably had quite a few of them. So don't be afraid to have those conversations with me and just do your best to be understanding, just as I'll have to do my best to, you know, not blame you for the mistakes of the past of someone else. Right? You know? Exactly. We're all, that is one thing that's so challenging in new relationships is to carry in the experience while letting go of the baggage. Yeah. You know? Agreed. And learn lessons, yet not make that impactful on the person in front of us because like you say they didn't do the things that right. the previous partners did so it's a delicate balance it's all all learning process for people there Agreed. so but again i think that what i want to say is just people do need to get out there and find ways to educate themselves ask important questions 
Um, people need to learn to communicate. Yeah. A lot of people communicate poorly. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. That's why I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> oh. So how can people find you to support your business? Um, Massage Imani and Spa on Facebook. Um, you can go to my business page. All my information is there. Mm-hmm. My website is massageimaniandspa.com. Um, yeah, call me, text me, email me. Um, I will always get back with you and we offer additional services. So if I'm not available, there's other massage therapists. You can get facials, you can get lashes, you can get back facials, you can get your hair done. We do anything, spray tans, um, and everything there. So if you need something, just call and come in and see us. We live there. (laughs) And she has been busy since they opened back up, which is a good thing because people, probably need to de-stress and work through some of the their body issues because a lot of us have probably been uh sitting watching too much netflix or (laughs) sitting you know at our home office chair and not getting up as much as we used to a lot of people have been outside exercising and so like people are moving now because they were at home so you know aches and pains we'll take care of you so come in call us we're always there if you want to talk while we're in there we can do that too perfect (laughs) perfect Well, thank you so much for coming on and having just a really honest and genuine conversation about race and dating because it's not always an easy topic, but I think very much needed right now. So thank you. Necessary. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called The Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.